but can you um, make that picture even I, still? It's I, crooked. I feel it in, in my back. Like, yeah. Right? <sighs> I had it too. Well, I saw it when I entered, and then it's like, there's something in this room that's not proper. Mm. Mm. That's the picture that's crooked. <laughs> it's funny, because you can be in the middle of the jungle, and everything is crooked, and it's fine. But when something is out of place, in a perfectly neat space, yeah. then it's like, terribly annoying. Thank you for being so honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were about to tell me your intention, if I can support you in anything, something exactly. like that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just about the shared experience that we have here and about the space being open, I guess, from both sides um, to let the conversation develop so we don't judge or but rather really try to understand the other person's perspective, especially with the topics that we chose for today because I think there's there's some actually discrepancy between how I see them and how you see them you even the even though we share a lot of opinions yeah but that one is like oh, I'm, I'm, I feel uncomfortable with it yeah and I wonder like if it's just a superficial maybe just word related technicality that makes it uncomfortable or like the associations of the word or if there's a depth to the meaning of the topic <laughs> and we're so being so mysterious about what, the topic, what is the topic? <laughs> well uh, the the topic that we chose before we wanted to record is one that's i guess really dear to you yes um and which is authenticity and Honesty. Which I use interchangeably. That is already interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess just first, it's maybe cool and interesting to know before we just dive into the topic, uh, who I talk to. <laughs> and I don't want to say too much. It's basically just a very open mind towards new ideas, um, a playfulness, uh, uh, a way to disrupt structures and patterns in a, in a good way, and being super loving and kind. Shut up. <laughs> um, thank you that, for was joining me. Was that me, though? Yes, it is you. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's coming? <laughs> Somebody else now. <laughs> no, uh, thanks for um, being part of this first recorded episode. Thanks for having me and for letting me play with you in this very adult <laughs> setting with proper microphones and proper soundproof room. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it, it's cool just to share some things of me and you so we have like a an even level of the conversation um, and then join into what those topics mean to you and me okay um, and well I'm just the reason why I started the podcast again is really that I'm curious about this 
um, different perspectives that every human has and the weird connection that happens when I interview people, when I get into this really deep state of let's discuss a topic without judgment and with complete honesty about um, anything that is somehow dear to you or you want to talk about. And we had that before as well. Yeah. That we just talked about aliens and sexism and other things in one conversation. And it was such an awesome space that I learned so much just talking about those things. Yeah. When we were just open and let things evolve. And that's why I wanted to continue again. I started a podcast already before, but now I want to come back because it was really like an an itch that I needed to scratch to to do the podcast again because it's really cool. That's just, that's just a funny saying. Yeah. <laughs> itch I need to scratch. So, yeah, that's <laughs> I guess that's the reason why why we are mostly here. And yeah. um, is it um relevant to say that we are a couple? It's probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and that we have these conversations actually quite often. And it's not just about the cognitive aspect of the conversation, but there's also a wholesome experience in also uh, presencing what's going on in our bodies and expressing it through the word, of course, and seeing also like the dynamic or the flow that it's generated through the interaction and with this conversation coming forward. So so I think there's it's a very layered conversation as any, but the what what I love about it is the presence being really present for all of it. So not just the cognitive part, but also the emotional reaction or the physical response that we might get like the cringe <laughs> under subject that we are very judgmental about or something. And uh, that we can be open about it without fear and consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Even though it's being public later. Yeah, well, let's just but pretend that's not... Awesome. That's not happening. Awesome. <laughs> and I guess as as the maybe starting point of this recording already was, was the the point of honesty. But I actually want to start with authenticity, because that is even in your no, is it in your hip included? <laughs> yes. Um, to, to provide yeah. a bit of context, what hip is? Um, it's a set of three values that I figured <laughs> are the core values of my human character on earth which are hip stands for honesty intention and play honesty is because i i like living truthfully and that to me means that i will share to the best of my ability how i'm feeling and i will be true to my physical, emotional state at any given opportunity, if the space is given. Like I understand that sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's difficult. That's already uh, good to know. It's yes, 
but it's always to the best of my ability. Like I, it's an intention to bring it forward. Mm-hmm. Well, the second one is intention um, because I like operating purposefully in the world. So I'm not, I'm not drifting with the wind, even though it's beautiful to do sometimes. I'm purposeful in my career choices, in the friendships that I make, in the reasons for a meeting. <laughs> even if it's just like, let's catch up and have a heartwarming conversation. That's an intention. Mm-hmm. So that to me is intention. It's a sort of goal setting kind of thing, but way hippier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's not structured and it can be anything. And then play Because I don't take anything too seriously because we are just tiny ants in a floating rock and we are suspended in this big mass of nothingness and exist in a very short time span in universe years. So nothing really, really matters. (laughs) So... I think it's really important to have fun while we are on Earth and while we have a life. Like, Mm -hmm. within this 80 years that we are on Earth, let's just make the best out of it and not take it too seriously because, really, it's it's not about reaching that point in your career. It's not about, at least for me, it's not about getting that car or wearing those clothes. It's about having fun in the process and enjoying being alive. So that's why hip exists. Honesty, intention, and play. Mm, thank you. Um, and then I want to, yeah, start right with with honesty, because you're. It's like the f- even the first thing you, that you put in hip. So the first thing that came up is really being authentic and, and honest, as you described for yourself. Um, and because yeah. I think it's actually what you said already, like to to the best of your abilities, trying to be authentic or honest with uh, with yourself and others in the moment. But can you describe maybe with an uh, example of where you can be and cannot be honest? Yeah. So an example would be if right now I would get out of character of the person that I'm speaking into a microphone and being like um, interviewed or sort of, of sorts because it's not really and I would say like oh actually I feel like I have one eye that it's a bit more tired than the other and I have a little bit of residual back pain because the bed is too fluffy <laughs> And uh, sometimes I I need to make those pauses. Like right now, it's not relevant. But sometimes I need to make those pauses because the conversation gets too serious or we get too caught up in the the character and we forget to check in. And that really helps me to lighten the mood and to remember that, oh, I'm here, I'm just a human, and this is not such a serious political debate. It's more like, okay, we're just talking with friends <laughs> mm-hmm. even though you can get really aggravated or get really into the conversation it's it's about coming back to how you're feeling about the thing at hand so that would be authentic too but an example of when you could be or when you have been authentic with yourself in a situation or like okay there could really speak it 
Yeah. And in another situation, maybe where you couldn't. Okay. That might be interesting. Well, I I use authenticity so so much, and um, I work as a therapist. And today I was in a session, and there was this really emotional story that was coming through. And as a therapist, you're taught not to show emotions. Like you should have sort of a friendly poker face. And I was feeling like crying. And I know it's a really bold move for a therapist to do that because it's it, it might feel that you're burdening the other person with a cry. But in this case, it felt very authentic to let my tears come up because I was not burdening the client with the tears. It was more like a permission to allow the tears, to allow the emotion, because we're human. So I, I tend to not place myself in any hierarchical role. And I I want to sit with you because walking side by side, side, by side is where the we go the farthest. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's a... And really immediate, authentic thing that I, I did today. And there's other examples. Like we were having a really nice conversation and I felt tired. And I was like, okay, I'll go have a nap now. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I think it shows in very different ways. It shows in today I feel like wearing a bright collar. And mm-hmm. today I feel like wearing a calm collar. Yeah. Um, and it shows in ways of I will say a curse word <laughs> in at the right time because I feel that that's the best expression of the emotion. Hmm. And right now, my authentic yeah. expression would be, I feel like I've been talking for so long. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's my brain. So the moment that I give it place and I'm like, okay, that's what's going on in my head right now. Then I just express it, I put it out, and I can continue talking. Mm-hmm. But at least I gave attention to it. It's not that I'm repressing this thought of I'm, I'm talking too much. I'm, I'm usually talking and listening. Like it's a, yeah. it's more of an even thing. So I would say those are examples of situations where I can be authentic. Is do you think that's clear enough? I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. And where being authentic wouldn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Or where you couldn't be authentic yourself. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason. Okay. Well, I think in context of seriousness, where, for example, you are in (laughs) a police station or something like that, and you need to express really clearly whatever you need in order for it not to, not to be misunderstood. So just playing with words or yeah, being more playful is not something that is permitted or recommended. Uh, I also had it in... We did recently the Abhipassana retreat mm-hmm. in a Buddhist center. It's like a meditation retreat. And uh, you go to a Buddhist temple, you stay there for 10 days, you meditate 10 hours a day. And uh, 
it had a lot of Buddhist practices. And because I didn't want to be disrespectful, I would follow the mm. norms. But it's the authenticity expression gets nullified in a way because the purpose is that you give away the the person that you usually are in order to become no one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in that context as well, uh, my authentic expression would have been way more of a like revolutionary <laughs> and being like, I don't feel like praising Buddha or I don't feel like um, worshiping anybody mm-hmm. for that for that matter. But um, I would do it out of respect and out of giving the opportunity a fair shot. And as I already concluded, I think I wouldn't do it again in such terms that I would give up my belief system so much to like be respectful, mm-hmm. just to, to be respectful to the other people. So... Yeah, I think that's one context. Uh, other context would be like to if you're visiting another country and well, it happened in Thailand that it's it's a very respectful country. So you don't want to go into a temple wearing shorts. Mm-hmm. Like you you cannot like it's it's explicitly asked and if you do it like you could <laughs> like comes out of the rebellious nature of uh, of, of, yeah, just not really uh, respecting or accepting where you're at. And um, in that case, I don't feel like being authentic, even if I'm really warm. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, I don't feel like dressing properly, like, mod- modestly. I think that, that would be the word. Even if that would, wouldn't be my, my go-to outfit I would do it out of respect because I'm visiting and and I'm entering a sacred place for for other people so those would be cases and also for example under a trustworthy authority figure whether it's like a doctor or a a teacher that it's trustworthy Mm -hmm. like I, I wouldn't do it with anyone. <laughs> with, with, yeah. I'm not yeah. giving up my authenticity with anyone. Okay. But it's well, not, it's not often. It's, yeah. not, it's not a frequent thing. Yeah, no, thing. So you have like very specific points yeah. you can really point out, okay, there I wasn't and I noticed and um, I did it intentionally even, like yeah. not being authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And it's, um, if I may add something. Sure. And it's uncomfortable. <laughs> like For I, you not being I authentic. do it, I okay. do it. Out of respect, because, like, other things prime, other things come, Mm -hmm. uh, take priority. But it's uncomfortable, and I wouldn't sustain it through time. Okay. And I actually came up with other, um, another thing. uh, That I'm sometimes not authentic, because I think the situation would benefit from a lot more patience and and understanding. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I'm talking to somebody that has really skewed opinions of, like, women's rights. <laughs> and they're like, oh, women are complaining all the time and stuff like that. And I don't know, just being 
mean for no reason or like mm-hmm. resent resentful. And maybe what I really want to say is, can you please work on your own thing so that <laughs> you can start seeing the world in a less tilted way toward, mm-hmm. towards your favor. And um, what I actually say is something like, okay, I see, but what do you think would be um, the, the an appropriate approach. behavior? <laughs> yes. So sometimes in the benefit of the growth of the collective, <laughs> mm-hmm. I might put authenticity on the back seat. And um, just allow for the other person to explore their, maybe ignorance is the right word, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> or their their prejudice. Yeah. So, so something better emerges from that. And there's a level of authenticity to that too, because I'm, I'm really devoted to having kind, compassionate conversations instead of just having confronting arguments yeah it's really cool that you like you notice it and do it intentionally like the level of awareness that you just described now was i think already pretty pretty high and noticing oh i'm not authentic or i'm i'm doing this in favor of maybe the benefit of others right now Mm -hmm. but i know i'm not going to do this for long yeah like not always yeah because then the the point I guess that that I wanted to make about authenticity is really um, that I guess this can be beneficial in a way not to be authentic. Yeah. Um, that's the, the always the the problem that I have with authentic authenticity, and um, when when people describe it so much, it's like oh that's I need to be authentic all the time everywhere. Yeah. That. But sometimes you're just in pain in the ass for everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that that's, I guess, my thing, that I don't want to be the pain in the ass for other people or, like, oversharing mm-hmm. um, as a buzzword, maybe. And that's why authenticity I cannot agree with for, to 100%. Yeah. That I have this, okay, they, but there's a line where it is better not to be fully authentic than, um, yeah, being fully authentic all the time. Then, I don't know, you're in a presentation and say all the time, oh, this is boring, I want to leave, blah, blah, or whatever. And because that's just the thought that comes to your mind. Because also that's something that we had in Vipassana, or like I had in Vipassana, that thoughts appear, thoughts just come up, and they also leave again. Mm-hmm. And some sometimes there's some some bone to it, sometimes they're, they're important to to notice, yeah. Sometimes not. Yeah. And, for example, I do. I I wouldn't want to share like all the thoughts that I have all the time <laughs> <laughs> with everybody. Yeah. That feels completely ridiculous. And, that's that's why like the authenticity part is like, really, do I want to be authentic all the freaking time? I think it's, it's a practice. Authenticity is a practice and sometimes you need to do that mm-hmm. in order to build the muscle. <laughs> but I, as, I think I used the example before of 
I'm I'm sitting here, feeling a little bit of back pain, and uh, I feel like I'm talking too much or something yeah. like that. And that was I immediately said it's not relevant mm-hmm. because there are things that are so minor that are not relevant for the conversation. What I speak of when I'm saying like being authentic is more when something is so pressing, like I'm so tired, I cannot hold this conversation or I feel such a resistance towards this topic. Mm. I need to bring it forward. But if it's just a minor thing, it's like, uh, I I don't know, like my nose is cold (laughs) or (laughs) my shoelace is not, (laughs) it's not properly tied is not relevant it doesn't add that's more like my ADD kicking in (laughs) it's not it's not enriching the conversation because authenticity to me what it does is brings truth like your truth your honest expression to the conversation to the mix and it gives you permission to see yourself in whatever you're feeling and it gives the other person permission to also feel whatever they're mm-hmm. feeling. And very often we would express truths, truths, <laughs> damn it, <laughs> truths. Ah! We always joke with that word. That's why I, I have problems saying it now. Truths. Truths. <laughs> truths. Okay, we will just use, you know what we mean. Truth. Truths. Truths. Exactly. Oh, truths. Truths. <sighs> What was I saying? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sometimes we're just expressing truths that are floating in the air for a group. Like, <laughs> that you just say, like, is everybody else super warm here? Should we open a window? Like, have you had that relief when somebody is like, yes, yes, totally. Or like, you have the sun shining in your face and you're like, can we, can we just change the orientation of the table or something. And um, this situations where somebody is speaking the truth that it's underlying in the in the group, but nobody breaks the silence. Mm-hmm. It's a refreshing, like it's a breeze because this person is given permission for the others to like, oh, I actually wanted a glass of water too. Or oh, I need to go to the toilet. Yeah. And you you see that the moment that one person does a sigh of relief or like that is authentic, then the whole group starts to loosen up. And I think this is a specific situation when within a group being authentic can have an impact mm-hmm. around. Yeah. When is the relevant yeah, thing yeah. to mention? I totally see that as such a huge benefit because I have that I have that sometimes that I I am that person that holds that back in the group mm-hmm. and I notice how it can affect me of oh I cannot concentrate I'm all the time stressing about it and I cannot fully focus on whatever is going on because in the back of my mind I want to check the audio is it really recording right yeah it is. okay <laughs> a little relief and then it's it's fine. Wait, to just close. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. So that, for example, uh, is then sometimes in the back of my mind, and then I cannot fully focus on 
conversation or yeah. an ETP or whatever is that's coming up. And so I, I see that as a really huge benefit when somebody's like, oh, um, did anybody actually check the audio? Do you need to go pee or anything? And I, oh, yeah, actually. And yeah. that's so nice because I hold myself back for it. This authenticity, maybe threshold, is, I think, pretty high for me. That there needs to be a pretty big um, drive or energy that I need, really need to do this mm. in order for it to happen, for me to um, yeah, take action. So if you would say, I don't know, like a healthy level threshold would be like a 50 from 0 to 100, I think for mine is maybe more like 70 or 75. <laughs> um, and then like, a, I don't know, 10 would be like completely oversharing everything that's going on in your mind. Exactly. And that might, yeah, that's maybe a cool way that's to see it. Such like a, a cool concept. I love it. Yeah. yeah, I never thought about it as a threshold, but it's exactly it. It's yeah. like, what do you share and... The, there's like this release of seeing like when you when you feel such a strong urge to say something mm-hmm. because you need to pee or because you you're too cold or too warm the thing like you you might take action to do something about it but just the mere act of bringing it to words mm-hmm. <laughs> bringing it to reality is acknowledging what you were feeling. And that's really important by itself. Like, maybe not in that circumstance, because you should definitely pee if you (laughs) you need to. But in situations where you're feeling really sad and you feel like crying and just allowing the crying, or situations where you feel that a person is very triggered and speaking from a place of anger and not from a constructive place, And you know that that conversation is not going to get anywhere. So you might say, okay, I feel that this is a very tricky subject. Do you need some time to breathe or do you need some support in this? Mm. Instead of trying to solve it. And actually, what adding to that, because I think that that's important to like bring a different perspective in there in that situation and saying it. But what came up now, what you were saying, I think in the past days, couple of times that's why the word really stuck to my mind was uh, the gaslighting <laughs> word um, and I think it's used quite often then with at least how I perceived it before uh, that women use it in emotional uh, or talking about emotional things or denying them yeah or situations where they felt and Yeah, I guess I just wanted to bring that in the conversation and what part is there that you find so important because you mentioned it so many times in the last days. Yeah, (laughs) it's funny that you say women. No, that's how I heard it. Because, well, I think... (laughs) I think what happens is that the moment that many women heard it, (laughs) we're like, oh, that's it, like gaslighting. Mm -hmm. Gaslighting is basically... When you feel something and somebody else tells you that that's not what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It could be 
It could be school, it could be your parents, it could be a partner. And there's there's no validation for your feelings. And that's that's bullshit because like feelings are real. You feel them. So nobody can tell you if you feel them or not. And if you should feel them or not, they are there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is it creates this internal conflict of I am feeling this, but I'm not feeling this. Mm-hmm. And so you'd stop trusting yourself. There's a disconnect between what you feel and you, what you know it's real because you're feeling it. And the act, like the what what the person is, the other person is saying, like, oh, that doesn't exist. So then you try to rationalize it, and it creates this big glitch, like error four hundred four, in your brain, because you're like, am I am I feeling it or not? Like, <laughs> and then, um, at least for me, I don't want to speak for other women, but I I had it really strong that I didn't want to be a hysterical woman. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I, like you 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 heard my whole journey through it. It's I I don't know I because hormones are are really prevalent in <laughs> in a woman's life. So there are days where something minor can trigger a really big response. And somehow for for very long for a very long time I thought that that was that was wrong or like that was like, okay let's just tone it down or whatever. And um, in a way, I was gaslighting myself. Like, I like recognizing, like, oh, this is probably the hormones. So mm-hmm. then I don't act on that or I don't give more space to it than what it needs. It's like, probably I just go to sleep and tomorrow it's gone. But also not pretending that it's not there or not pretending that it's not valuable. But it, this is information that our body is giving us. This is information that our our emotions are trying to convey. And uh, the gaslighting part is to suppress that and say, mm. I'm not feeling that. Mm. So And it's it's funny how I introduce, introduced it that I heard it from women <laughs> because, like, I think part of my authenticity problem, I also describe or I connect with... I'm, I'm, I'm uh, hyphenating. Or is uh, it quoting, I'm quoting. quoting. Um, <laughs> Uh, authenticity here um, is because I have that with myself too that I don't trust the emotions that I have or don't want to connect to to real world things because I had that I think for quite a while as well that when I noticed I had feelings not that I was not allowing them to exist but I always blame me for having them rather than any external things or like yeah, I always, like, try to pull it down because I felt somehow they were wrong for mm. whatever reason. Um, it didn't didn't really matter that much. It, only when I thought they didn't matter in the situation, yeah. like what we said, the, the authenticity threshold was just too high for me to express them. Yeah. Uh, that was, I guess, just my connection then to gaslighting, which I, I felt to some degree, it was also true for me, even though I heard it so many times from women, women only. Yeah. Um, well, it's still, like, representing the feminine, I guess. Yeah, it's, it, yeah it could be. Yeah. It's the sensibility, the creativity, the the flowing with the emotion. Like, that part 
comes from the feminine essence, let's say. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's present within any gender <laughs> and yeah, any yeah. sex. So, like for for me, it helps quite often to associate that with the yin and yang thing. Yeah, that makes it a little bit more easier to grasp for me than yeah. oh, I have feminine ma uh, and, and <laughs> male energy. It's like, but yin, yeah, oh, I have two yeah. forces within me, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always talking about this polarities, but I think the the feeling over the the cognitive part and the the, the reasoning. Um, in this case, like we we live in a world where. The, the cognitive gets prioritized and praised and the the feeling side tends to be discarded and gaslighted mm -hmm. so it's the global <laughs> like it's a global gaslighting that's been going on forever so for emotions like has not been true or not yeah. even that important if you have boomer parents like they are they usually have a hard time expressing their emotions and being authentic and then they are lashing out <laughs> in their own ways and not not being able to keep up with the times and so on because yeah there's there's not much allowance in that sense that to to feel like they mm -hmm. gaslight themselves and then they put that outside as well they project that into the world so I think our generation has this job of figuring out where we're gaslighting. Are we gaslighting women because they're hysterical? Are we high highlighting? Yeah. <laughs> Are we gaslighting men because they shouldn't have emotions? Are we gaslighting... I feel... Here's my authentic self. I feel like I need to include every possible uh, sexual orientation and gender and everything that is within the spectrum of the human expression. <laughs> um, nice politically Politically correct. correct. Because every time that I go into this topic, I feel oh, yeah. I feel that it's a um, it's a delicate subject because it's yeah. triggery for, for many people. And I do it like I, I may say men and women, but I just say human <laughs> basically and that we go all through this gaslighting process because it's collective it's a collective wound and pattern that we are <laughs> we're replicating over and over again so it's about time that we start trusting our feelings and even if we overdo it a little bit in the beginning mm. because we're adapting <laughs> yeah, it's the pendulum swing you know like either you don't get outraged by anything or you get outraged by everything and then like hopefully, we, meet hopefully at some point we will be able to talk about things yeah. without getting too aggravated. Um, and hopefully that time is is coming relatively soon, so we can actually start evolving faster. But it is it's always about that. It's balancing the extremes in the yin and yang in the feeling and thinking in the integrating of of the emotional self and also the environment that you're you're working on to, in order to be authentic but at a degree that it's helpful and that is not completely disconnected to to where you're at yeah and 
what do you think did um, the being authentic because it's an important topic and usually uh, at least I recognize the topics that are important to you personally were usually like a wound before or something that was a topic that at least attracted you to some degree for whatever reason mm-hmm. um, why do you think it could it helped you being authentic or using that that topic in your hip, like the honesty part, why do you think is that helpful for you right now? I think in order for me to be the best human that I can be, I shouldn't gaslight myself. If I'm feeling something, I'm feeling something. If I think I should say that something that I'm feeling, I will. If I feel that I should express this something, I will. If I feel that I should walk out of a situation, I will. And this sensitivity towards what's authentic, what's what's true, what's pertinent for each situation comes from a lot of inner work. Because before, I wouldn't know what was authentic. Like, I would have thought that being authentic, it was being rock and roll. And I, I had a really big angling for, like, anything rock and roll, like, 80s metal kind of thing. And it's all, like, party music and no, no, no much depth to it. And it's, like, sex, drugs, and rock and roll and that lifestyle. And I was really into that, and I thought that was, like, the ultimate authentic expression. When in reality, it was just a shallow expression of my wounded self that needed some healing. And I still love it, but I love it from a different place. And I think that throughout the years, what I what I did was refining what authenticity meant to me. Mm-hmm. It started just being this rebel, lashing out kind of person because there was a lot of work to be done still. And then eventually, it was crazy like the, the the flip of a switch that I had that then I became the super responsible <laughs> study got married like kind of really proper society human <laughs> kind of thing and I thought that was authentic to me back then I was still finding my way so it felt authentic at that moment but I noticed that I was just like playing patterns that I had intrinsically that I thought were authentic, but actually were just conditioned things that I I learned at some point in my life. So fast forward to the present moment, my authenticity stems from being really in touch with what my body is going through, what my mind is going through, observing my patterns and staying sharp in who am I today? Because that's all we have, actually. Like, the who mm-hmm. am I today? <laughs> we can't get caught up in the story of who we are because we have a lot of memories from the past and we have visions for the future. And this is the person that Carolina is because she was she was a, a, a kid that didn't do too well in school, and then she's going to be this TEDx speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get you get caught up in the story and you might miss being authentic today. So 
I think authenticity for me is this anchor and this accountability body <laughs> to to stay in the moment and see what's alive in me right now. What's alive today? Uh, do I feel like doing a podcast? <laughs> and yes. And there are other things that come into play. I don't. I don't think that is just. I feel. I feel tired today, so I will sleep all day, because we're still playing the human game. We still need to <laughs> work, or we still need to go to the meetings that we previously scheduled, the contracts that we already made. But in a way, it's just not pretending that you're not tired. So it, it, being authentic and seeing that you're tired doesn't mean that you will stop doing anything. It just means that you will adjust the way that you behave throughout the day. Maybe you're not going all in. Maybe you're going like not, not, not full speed. Maybe you're like in third gear. So, um, yeah. I for I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> yeah, I have but, one actually yeah. thing that I want to share right now because I have the feeling that I ask you all the time the question, but the podcast was intended to be a conversation. So true. You can also bring back the question or the, give me the throw back the ball of, of speaking if you want. That's a dangerous thing to do. <laughs> but do you have something I will for sure take the invite oh shit okay because in the being present when we were talking about about um, authenticity and how the, the gaslighting the, the topic that you brought up and then mm -hmm. you said that it might just be yourself suppressing, pushing down emotions and pretending that they're not there. I felt something very true, very moving that was coming online when you were saying that. So can we tune back into that space of you feeling that you need to suppress your emotions? And exploring a little bit where that comes from. That's deep shit. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Want to go deep into a coaching session here? <laughs> um, sure, give me a second. 46 minutes in. <laughs> um. The easiest thing that comes up is in business context, like when uh, work is mm -hmm. happening. So some sort of with the person I had a contract with or with other colleagues or something that I feel I have to be a specific persona. 
and what when it doesn't fit to it or for example being a position um, a co-worker or something then showing that you're exhausted or couldn't take care of this or um, showing sort of weak emotions in -hmm. some way that this is not beneficial for connection maybe also my um, standing as or like what's the the word Um, yeah well standing for now Um, in the business aspect And when I when I have the feeling that it could create some conflict, hmm. okay. so when I share <clears throat> my true opinion about somebody when somebody did something, or um, if I would say that I don't like the behavior of this person doing this and that, yeah, then I might get into a conflict with him talking about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think I I raised this, this threshold even even further of authenticity in order to um, not go into, for example, conflict or um, not lose the reputation. Rep, rep, reputation. Reputation, exactly. I think that just on the tip of my toes thinking that could be something, yeah. Okay. But how does it feel when you suppress that? Mm. Um, quite often it's... I notice it... I don't know what, what I noticed earlier, but the thoughts are being super fast. That I'm a bit not connected to the moment anymore. And I cannot get this thought out of my mind of... Um, when something bugs me about another person that I kind of want to talk about mm-hmm. and I don't, then I have that in the meditation and I have that in um, during the day just sometimes popping up and it really just comes back over and over again. Mm. And how it feels, it is sort of a pushing down into the belly, mm-hmm. <laughs> like emotion that wants to come up. I, sort of push it down into the belly and sometimes if it gets too much I try to I guess breathe and sort of change the posture to be a bit more strong mm-hmm. yeah so doing that okay and what did you want to explore in this There's there's multiple mm-hmm. avenues we could take. Exactly. But did you like recognize some of those things as well? Well, you're trying to bring it back to me now. Of course, it's no. a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there's there's still way deeper layers to this, I think, and. Um, What what you were bringing up of the brain going over th- thought over and over again, I associate, in, in my understanding of the world, is that something needs to be seen. Mm-hmm. And it's going to force itself into your 
site. <laughs> and you can get it over fast, which is like doing the authentic thing. Acknowledging that you're feeling this and seeing how can this be worked on. I don't know if worked on is the is the proper term. But how can this have some process behind in order to to be released <laughs> or to to get better? And in case of like a conflict, for example, that you that there's somebody at work that you have problems with and that's on your mind or they said something that's on your mind. It's not necessarily like the authentic thing to confront them immediately, but to acknowledge that you have a problem with what they said. Like, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed that they're treating me like <laughs> a, a, a piece of trash. And first seeing that, observing this event happened and then it made me feel this way. And sitting with that emotion for a second and then when you're ready to transcend <laughs> that emotion or to transmute that emotion, mm. that's when you are able to sit with it in a constructive way. So that's where you're like, okay, I don't want to take this any longer. What I also find, maybe mm. there what just came up was behind this negative feeling, this, not negative, behind this extreme feeling that you might have, in order to maybe transcend it, it might be useful to think about what wish is behind that um, anger or that feeling of ups being upset about mm -hmm. what the other person said. Because it's one thing that the other person said a thing, and it's another thing how you react to it. Exactly. And there's usually then a wish. I wished he would have acknowledged my work more, or I wished that uh, I, don't know, I would get more praise, or whatever it is. Yeah. That there's usually a wish behind a was it a an emotion that is creating some energy, let's say, <laughs> yeah. uh, friction. Um, maybe it's frustration, maybe it's anger. That's usually a sign of like something is wrong and you wish it to be different. Yeah. What's the wish? Yeah. And that is in the realm of the afterwards exploration of the emotion. Yeah. <laughs> like after yeah, the first feeling it. First feeling it. And then when you felt it and it's no longer super strong and taking over and <laughs> just being all the time on your mind then you figure out what your wish is. That's one of the things you could do. Yeah. What's what's the wish behind this? Or how would I like this to be? Mm -hmm. And that's where you sit with your, yourself and you craft an action plan <laughs> of how can I tell this person that I would like to be talked to in a different way? Or maybe you just figure that you will ignore that. <laughs> and pretend that that they don't exist. Whatever is the conclusion, 
there is oftentimes a follow-up action item. But it could be that sometimes there's nothing. Sometimes it's just I'll sit with the emotion because I'm feeling hungry. <laughs> I have I have that very often that I'm I get well not very often because I don't get hungry often and I, I know better. <laughs> but if I happen to not have food for a while and I actually needed it, then I know that my thinking gets tainted and my emotions are on edge. So I might be upset about something that is very minor and I don't really want to do anything about it. It's just because it's it's super minor. So I just acknowledge the emotion and maybe my troubleshooting thing is, oh, it's it's just food. I need food and then the problem will be gone. So yeah, it's but it's a it's a I notice as I'm speaking of it that it's a very prevalent topic in my mind mm -hmm. and that I've been working with it for many years. And that's why I I I guess I can speak about it with such trust that this is true for me because it has worked so well to be authentic. Because every time that I am following through with what I feel or feeling the emotion and then taking the the um, thought through action the follow up item be in the benefit of personal growth societal growth whatever growth it's it's there to be uh, held then that just assists me into becoming a better human and it's in my path something that it feels really good <laughs> and that's why it's such an important value in my hip <laughs> my hip list and, of values. yeah I noticed when you were describing the hip to me with honesty or authenticity that um, I had this little like resistance to it and that's why I, I noticed there's something for me in there as well. Because mm -hmm. with like playfulness and intention, I was like very neutral about it. Like yeah. very neutral. Playfulness, oh yeah, no, it's your thing. I don't care that much about it. Mm -hmm. And about uh, intention, I was like, oh yeah, it's really cool. Nice. Yeah. And authenticity, I was like, nah. <laughs> that's weird. I'm not sure if I would fully agree. And that's how I notice usually that, oh, there's something in there for me. Yeah. And because I, I think for myself, went really into um, or noticed that I was suppressing something, so I wasn't fully authentic, I didn't let myself to be, that, yeah, I think that's quite often for me the indicator that's an important topic uh, about other things as well. Mm -hmm. Like when I noticed that there's resistance, when I noticed... I don't like that the other person has this as their main thing, mm -hmm. then that's something I should pay attention to. Solid. All right. Did you notice anything through this conversation that was moving or any aha moments <laughs> that you had? I think that the threshold was actually a nice, nice thing. Mm -hmm. Instead of, oh, I need to be more authentic, I was like, oh, just 
maybe test out lowering the threshold and see what happens. Yeah. You don't have to be like, oh, be authentic all the time, whatever, whoever, like whatever that needs means even. Yeah. But rather um, just try to share some things that seem to be important a bit earlier. Or I guess what I also shared was that I avoid conflict with it. That I, for example, need to work on dealing with conflict so I can be more authentic and not fear um, of conflict. Yeah. Well, it's okay to fear conflict. Well, yeah, but not <laughs> to avoid it then completely because yeah. of the fear. Yeah. Um, but also a question that maybe almost feels weird because we're so deep into the topic now. But um, bringing it back to what you do right now with like the speaking, with starting the Instagram videos, with all the other things. What role plays authenticity in that? Hmm. I watched so many <laughs> branding <laughs> videos and stuff like that, that when I was when I was investigating for for our business last year. Uh, we had a nonprofit. It's still there. It's still, still there, there. Still active, but <laughs> in the background, running in the background. And what was really important is that that alignment of the company with the values of the person, of the person, the people that lead the organization and the entity itself. And when I was thinking of creating my own ident brand identity, even though mm -hmm. it's not particularly a brand because I didn't assign a brand yet, <laughs> it's more just putting myself out there and letting myself be seen. Mm -hmm authenticity comes into play because I don't want to put myself in a tight spot of creating a character <laughs> and just being a character. I don't want to be this YouTuber that just speaks into the camera and it's like super hype when in reality I might not be super hype. I might not be this broadcaster voice that has this today in the YouTube video of how to pet a cat properly. So <laughs> those things. Um, I, I think make you confused and make you lose track of who you are and why, why you're doing this. So what what I do is I try to be as much myself as possible. And sometimes that means that I will be speaking slower because I'm tired. And sometimes it means that if I'm in a super hype day and I'm having a really good week, I have energy up to the roof and you might see it. So I'm not pushing myself to be this really stable, stoic figure, but rather real and show all the facets of being human and sharing my story, how, how, how that looks like. And it's not, it's not perfect and I don't want it to be because the intention is that it's authentic, that it's real. And I think the side effect of this is that it gives permission to others to do the same. Mm. So 
I'm a really big believer in be the change you want to see. And I really want to see a more authentic world. A more healed world that is, is free to express itself and its its needs. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. That's <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. And also that if if you have a platform, if you have a voice it matters how you show up to the world. So I I want to show up as myself so then others feel can feel free to do that as well. So it's 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 just the same, <laughs> put in different words. Just be what you want to see. I don't feel like I want to add something to this right now. <laughs> You're being authentic. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so amazing. Mm. I had a, I had a, I did have a thought about it. It's like, oh, but what if your authentic self is shit? <laughs> what if you're uh, um, a mean person, mm-hmm. being being malevolent? Okay. That's where the healing comes in. Mm-hmm. Because if you're at that phase, there's still some work to be done. So it's <laughs> it's important that you're acknowledging that this is happening within you. Mm. And I, I definitely had that. I definitely had a lot of judgment at some stage in my life. Uh, I still do till this day. Like Sometimes I catch myself like judging, like, oh, my God, they're just leaving the dirty dishes in like co-working space like oh, they're not <laughs> washing them or some like stuff like that that like what kind of <laughs> what kind of not caring human does that but i i i try to catch myself as fast as possible and just let it go not not let it become a habit but a lot of work work went into that into having kinder more compassionate thoughts. And I think that if a person is in the in that, in that heal like more of a, a heal it's in a healing journey and it has confronted many of their demons, their authentic self is always going to be beautiful. Mm. Because if something is showing up like really in ag- an aggressive way, like what if your your authentic self is shit? There's there's some cleaning up to do. Because the authentic self is never shit. Like the, the true authentic self is never shit. But what you're showing That's a belief. That you believe it's that you're true. true authentic that uh, every human self yeah. is a good good one. Yeah, I believe there are no evil children. <laughs> so just starting from that spot, like you can become a nasty human through your experiences and and how the world shaped you. So if you can just polish yourself back to the child spirit, then you're you're able to go back to a, a beautiful authentic self. 
So, so basically the nature nurture debate is like nature is that you believe everybody starts with an authentic, with a good authentic self. Yeah. And that nurture can distract, dis, destroy it a little bit or make it. Yeah. Taint it. Taint it. Make it rusty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. So, but the thing is if you're, Authentic self gets a lot of backlash. Like if you're showing your authentic self and then the, the system is responding with rejection with or or you see that there's a lot of judgment in your in your authentic self and all that, it's like it's a sign that there's some work to be done to to clean up the patterns and the um, the conditioning that has been going on. Because yeah, the the judgment part, it's such a huge part of society right now that, oh, they are in, in the polarities, you know, the, they are Republicans, they are Democrats, they are uh, flat earthers, they are round earthers, they are like anti-vaccine, they're pro-vaccine. There's so much division, so much judgment of the other and the different opinion. And it is is coming from a wounded place because a, a person that is is fine with everybody's opinions and everybody's choices is also fine with their own usually and that's that's what the intention is like to to get to that place where you don't have to be judgmental you don't have to be mean you don't have to reject so much <laughs> like it, it's still in there we're still human it's still gonna happen yeah. we're not getting rid of the whole uh, darkness of being human at any point but we can polish our diamond until we can see it again is there a positive side in the darkness of the human experience positive side a benefit. Oh, a benefit for sure. It's not the same. To me, it's not the same to be born this perfect being and continue being this perfect being. Let's say a baby that was extremely loved and cared for and had the best of bringing in the world. And they just go through life being happy about it that they if if put in a situation like let's say that they become a 30-year-old accountant <laughs> that is very happy when put in a situation where adversity strikes because adversity is not known because the darkness is not worked through this person has no resources to work with it. Therefore, there's no transcendence to the darkness. There's no growth happening. It's just what's been always there. You almost take it for granted. Like everything is perfect. Everything is good. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's no resilience built up. And what I do think the darkness brings is this teachings. It's, it's such a good teacher, the darkness of, like, I have this conflict with my parents. I have this conflict with my sibling. 
And uh, I have to learn to navigate that so it doesn't continue hurting my heart. <laughs> and you you learn how to deal with people because you you want to feel better. You want to be more connected. You want to be in a more loving environment. Mm-hmm. So it's very different if you face adversity from this place that you believe that on the other side of adversity, there's... Uh, balance, there's uh, an elixir to, to be gained. So basically then, you, you get like resources and you learn stuff through going through like a difficult place or space. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the people that went through a lot of shit and they are able to transcend that, they are powerhouses. Yeah. Like you usually see like the... the most famous ones like Tony Robbins and Oprah, like they went through serious shit Mm -hmm. and they were able to not fall into the victim mentality and they were wanting to continue to evolve and grow and they did the work and then they ended up in a completely different space. Yeah. I also noticed that in myself, obviously I didn't go through this, the stuff that they went through, but the markers in my story that I tell or have about myself are things where I sort of, for my in my experience, hit rock bottom or went through something which was extreme and take resources from it. Could be anything from a skydive that I was super afraid of <laughs> and still did it. Or like there was one uh, situation where... I was put in front of a class in our psychology class and they were trained to or told to be as difficult for me as possible. And unfortunately, my teacher knew me and knew what would be the worst for me to, to be doing. And um, so there were going bananas in the class and I needed to like step up and sort of contain them and make sort of make sure that they listened to me. Mm-hmm. And that was so freaking difficult yeah, for me. And I learned so much through it. Yeah. Because I freaked out in that situation. Yeah. And then I tried everything. I had a space to try out anything I, I knew about it. And so it worked, what didn't. And sort of obviously went out of my comfort zone. And that's where, you go, where, you, where I could connect to my learnings. Yeah. So that, that's, I see that as, the, as what you described, the positive side of the darkness or the difficulties or... Yeah, challenges. Challenges in general. Yeah. And it is... It's there. Like, there's no challenge-free life. <laughs> that hypothetical accountant that we were talking about doesn't mm. exist. <laughs> there's no human that hasn't been through challenge. And even having a very protected, very healthy childhood, it's a challenge by itself. <laughs> because then you need to learn all the resources as an adult. So, so yeah, I think this, like, it's, it's the dojo, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. where, you, where you go learn, like, the, the, these challenges are where you go learn to be a more resilient human. Still one burning question. All right. Which is... Um, how does your journey look like right now if you have something that you would like to share? And 
what do you I guess maybe connected to that um, because I'm really I, I wanted to go about this as well like your current journey in your professional career of like the speaking mm-hmm. and how sort of the the hip is connected to your speaking career right now yeah. and and what challenges you might face in that right now <laughs> a lot of questions a lot of questions so basically the main thing is like what challenges do you face right now in your your speaking career that you're basically starting now yeah and yeah maybe that's the most important actually that i want to know <sighs> okay it, it's difficult to say that the challenge like there's one big challenge right now which is the barrier of entry that i see because i don't know what i don't know <laughs> what i i don't know what i don't know yeah <laughs> i I have no clue how to be at an event, for example. If I want to be a speaker in business events or if I want to be a speaker in universities, I have no clue how to get started. And I think there's... It feels a very daunting endeavor to dive into. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my challenge right now is to find a path into it because I feel ready in terms of skill. I know I will get get better and I will definitely invest in, in becoming better and better, but postponing the beginning of this career is is unnecessary. Like it's not it's not gonna be perfect ever. Mm-hmm. So I might as well start and get better along the way. And my challenge is to find the way in right now. So what I've been doing was is is doing Instagram reels that so that keeps me accountable and creates some momentum in my in my career and to give a little bit of context like I've, I've been working with psychology as a therapist a coach and I've been doing workshops for well as a therapist I've been like for eight years and then workshops I've been doing for for three years and I want to transition to be speaker like to to be on a stage and talk to an audience and Mm. share stories and share reflections and inspire and make people reflect so that's that's where i want to get that's the vision that i have and my biggest challenge right now is to get from this reality that i'm at to that stage where I'm standing in front of a crowd and I'm speaking because I don't know the steps to to do that. And I don't know them yet. I know that I'm just gaining momentum and I'm doing what I intuitively, intuitively think is the right mm-hmm. process without rushing it, without putting too much pressure on it, because I know I will tap out <laughs> if, I, if I put too much pressure on me. But um, yeah, I think... It's it's challenging not to know how to how mm. this is gonna look like or yeah. how how the path towards getting there is right. is shaped. And what support? If you would set an intention, sort of what support would you wish for? You would get in this situation. That's a good question. I think it would be really helpful to talk to somebody that has been through this stage already and 
to see what worked for them, mm-hmm. to get some inspiration, not to necessarily follow the same steps, but to to see how they do it. Because, for example, I know zero event planners. <laughs> I know zero organizers, producers, anything. And uh, I I would like to know how the the other people meet them. How mm. did the other people get into their radar? So so yeah, and I don't find it genuine or authentic to just come to a person because I'm interested in what they can bring to me. So so that's the tricky part. That's where authenticity actually bites me in the butt because <laughs> because I don't want to be. Um, just interested in what a person can offer me, but rather just having a genuine connection with somebody and from that let something else spring. And that's a bit paralyzing sometimes because I I wouldn't approach somebody on LinkedIn because I know that if I do that I'm just doing it because of their work title. Yeah. I'm not doing it because I'm interested in the human. Yeah. So <laughs> the dark side of authenticity then. All the time, your intentions need to be pure. Now that I, I think I'm, I'm probably twisting it a bit, but that would be the talking to somebody that's in the business that has been doing this for a while. I think that would be really helpful. Thank you so much for sharing the space with me. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Mm, that was nice. It really is nice. Enjoyed it. It is still nice. <laughs> is there anything else that you feel we didn't cover or you feel like you would like to share still? On my side, I think it's pretty much covered. But <laughs> I know that on your side, and, and this is what I perceive more of a a feeling kind of perspective that the resistance towards authenticity is still there um but I, I would say a bit less like i because i i like this mechanism of lowering the uh, the threshold mm-hmm. um and Would like to try it a little bit, yeah. But yeah, it's it's not gone now. No. Uh, <laughs> it's been an hour damn. already. <laughs> but I think it changed a little bit because whenever you were or when I hear other people talking about authenticity, it's like, oh, be your authentic self and don't think about whatever anyone else is thinking. Just be whatever comes to your mind right now. And like, yes, and. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I feel like, okay, there is there are things that are random, not relevant, not you know, stupid to share. I don't know. There's some things that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And, but I did notice that my threshold might be a bit too high. Mm-hmm. That I keep emotions and thoughts way too long that it starts to deteriorate my my well-being yeah before i start really take action and change something about it yeah so 
I think that would be really good to start maybe getting more into conflict because that's an, a thing that holds me quite often back. But also, um, yeah, just trying to share more often, more quickly things, see how that works, how, how I feel with it, the response I get. Yeah. Solid. Yeah, because it, it is a journey. And I noticed that when I started speaking or maybe the initial concept that I gave of what being authentic is, is just like a broad brushstroke of what it like all the meaning that's behind that word or that concept and there is a lot of thought a lot of hours of meditation to back it up that i cannot really portray like i cannot put on the table and say oh this is why this is important because I don't, I don't even know. Like it's it's been such a lifelong journey mm-hmm. that I I almost forgot the steps <laughs> of how I went through all all of the different resistances and mm-hmm. thinking like, oh my authentic, what if my authentic self is shit? Yeah. Uh, but it, I, I was there, so it is. Wherever you are at in that process of finding your voice, finding your your truth and these are such buzzwords yeah. <laughs> but, uh, they, they're real it's, what's your essence what's your hip <laughs> yeah. what's what's what, when you strip your job your friends your family when you strip everything away like what's the most important essence that you have what are your values and that's the authenticity that I'm referring to mm. like getting back to basics of stripping away the patterns and your conditioning and then getting to the core of you, that the child you <laughs> that was very pure and came to earth to bring something forward. Okay, I feel like that's even deeper to what we discussed an hour, the whole hour <laughs> before, because it doesn't doesn't refer to, oh, I need to pee and get up and do that, or I need to, I don't know, you're annoying. Shut up. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's way deeper. It's just getting to who you like. What's important to you on a value level? Yeah. And with maybe intention, direct most of your action to that. Yeah. And not being uh, sort of deflected by by other people's reactions of it and saying that it's a stupid idea or whatever. Mm-hmm. but really with intent going with as much action as you can possibly right now yeah. towards the thing that's important to you. For you, it's honesty, intention, and play. Yes. To bring that with everything you do with the podcast, what you do right now, with the videos, with the speaking, with the therapy, Yeah. towards everybody you can touch, you can reach. Yeah. I guess a belief, at least that I can see underneath there, is that everybody has a valuable, I guess, core, Mm -hmm. like the values. Yeah. And sort of that the world needs that free expression of that value. And for every human, it's different. And that's 
the diversity that's needed yeah for we didn't use the audience but consciousness to be to explore to mm -hmm. just yeah just be that's what what i guess maybe the human experience is for <laughs> possibly one can only maybe. imagine <laughs> what it is for but I, I i think it's probably somewhere in the ballpark of <laughs> of just expressing your purest essence which comes down to those things and what i wanted to add is that i work with people that had a lot of layers of resistance in them that they were hidden pretty deep <laughs> inside their their armor and there are moments where you can see the glimpse of the humanity of a person it could be anybody it could be like the toughest dude on earth and they're the toughest because they've been through a lot of shit and they suffer from it and they are hidden like in a very tiny place inside their heart or whatever you may place it. But they're, they might see a, a baby pigeon just being fed by their mom and then they start crying or get moved. And that's the purest emotion, that's the purest expression of that person. So even if life made you have a lot of walls around you and a really thick shell, What's underneath is is really pure. Mm. So the job of our existence, <laughs> I think, is a personal belief, is to, to strip away these layers of of armor that we have through healing. It's not it's not like, oh, I'll just take my armor off and be completely vulnerable to the world. <laughs> Everything is very complex, but you you start taking peeling layers, and you take off a sweater and the helmet and a shoe, and you start seeing how that impacts your life, how it impacts how you be, and eventually, what's left is very close to your essence. I don't have anything to add. Hmm. Yeah. What I would add is whatever in the journey you are, whether you're taking your helmet or your socks off, that's beautiful. And <laughs> we have to go through all of it and enjoy the journey because... Otherwise, it's like we're missing out on life, you know? <laughs> yeah.
it's really hard to verbalize what kind of energy right now is in this room. But it feels like a very deep connection to, I don't know, just the other human being there. <laughs> yeah. And a very vulnerable and open human experience. <laughs> I have a lot of love in my heart <laughs> right now that's like, oh. It's gratefulness and I don't know. It's just appreciating this. I was not thinking that this conversation could go this intense emotional wise because we have it all the time and so I was like okay that's pretty cool good yeah okay then we good <laughs>